name is Dan, for those of you who don't know me. And these wonderful people are all the elders of our church. So we have Mr. Richard Green, Mr. Ian Riches, Maximus, whose real name is Richard Eaton, uh, Paul Dowling, Felipe Avellaneda, I'm really sorry about that one, uh, Matt Den and John slash Heather Lampard. So <clears throat> the first question we've got for you guys, just to really sort of ease you into this, um, just to say a little bit about yourselves and tell us how you came to be at All Nations. Right, so I'll, I'll jump in. So I'm Ian, Ian Riches. Uh, I've been part of All Nations for, for nigh on 30 years now. I think it was late 1992 we started coming. So there'll be a 30th anniversary next year, which is a scary thought. Uh, and it's all my wife's fault that I'm here. So, um, no, I, I met Caroline at university. She studied far harder than I did and got a job first. She got a job for Unilever out in Shambrook, based herself in Bedford. Nearest work I could find was in Bury St. Edmunds. Caroline found this great church called Brick Hill Baptist Church, as it was then, through a series of coincidences slash miracles, depending on how you look at it. No time to go into that now. Uh, and I had a car and she didn't. So every weekend I used to drive across uh to see her and go to church together so i joined all nations while still living in Bury st edmunds uh, and it's been my home ever since uh started serving in what was then called the 19 plus group which has evolved over the over the years into the, the young adults group and also things such as remember the, for the older guys the days of the overhead projector so what evolved into song pro but a, a real overhead projector with transparencies that were written on by hand putting those on uh and yes just um been on a journey with God ever since. Brilliant. Ian, it's, it's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not that old to recall overhead projectors, but anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm Jonathan Lampard, or Jonathan Heather Lampard, according to my screenshot, which I should have changed beforehand. Um, yeah, I, I first came to uh, Brickle Baptist, as it was then, back in 2007. Um, I'd, I'd moved to Clapham, uh, sort of semi-recently from Still so, actually. I went to Amtel Baptist Church for a while, but needed a, ch a church closer to, to home. Uh, I went to Bromham Baptist and Brickle Baptist for a few weeks. Uh, and it was actually, uh, it was, I, was, I was leaning towards Bromham, uh, but then uh, at, at the end of a service at Brickle, I went and thought, you know what, I'll, I'll choose Bromham. Dave Sessions, the legend of David Sessions, um, uh, on my way out the door, and I slipped out quietly, you know, straight after the service, as I, as I tend to do. Uh, he had a chat with me, and, uh, and you know, I was made to feel really welcome. And I just felt um, nudged to, to stay with, with Brickle. And uh, thankfully, that was a good choice, seeing as um, I met and married Heather a few years later. Um, I've been in a very different place now if that wasn't the case. So thank you, David. Um, so, so yeah, be, been here probably, uh, gosh, 13, 14 years now. Um, married to Heather, of course, uh, with now four amazing children, Lucas, Amy, Shakuru and Fida. Um, and, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's... It's, it's, been, it's, it's been the best choice I've ever made to be here. I've, uh, I became a Christian in 2009. So when I came here, I was brought up in the church, uh, a home in Liverpool, um, but lots of questions, lots of doubts, uh, non-committal. And in 2009, did the Freedom of Christ course, um, which was uh, sort of fundamental to me understanding what a Christian is. Um, and that led to me finally committing and getting baptised in 2009 in the old baptistry. Um, and... Um, and yeah, sort of growing from there, been involved in youth after that uh, for a long time, as Dan knows, um, and uh, ended up leading youth with with Heather, and that was that was a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, it's been actually looking back at the last decade, it's been a, it's been a, quite a ride, it really has. Um, but yeah, that's 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 my story in in, in short. Stuff. Uh, 
Uh, for those who don't know me, I'm uh, Paul Dowling, one of the elders, uh, married to Alina uh, with our kids, uh, Neve and Simeon. Um, always helpful for us to remember how long we've been at All Nations because my, my daughter Neve was born about 12 hours after the first All Nations South service uh, seven years ago. Um, so helpful, <laughs> helpful reminders. Uh, so we, we joined All Nations about about eight years ago, um, prior to being All Nations, we were at Cornerstone Church. And as All Nations started on the multi-site adventure, we, we joined and partnered, uh, partnered in that. So we've been uh, serving in a few different roles in the church uh, over that time. Um, as I said, both Felina and I are, uh, are kind of, yeah, Bedford people, uh, kind of yeah, lived in Bedford most of our lives, kind of started going out, you know, when we were in sixth form. Um, so it kind of, yeah, Bedford is really... Uh, really our roots and really in our hearts I and mean, we'll have a, a real passion to see see God uh, see God move in Bedford uh, and that's us. Hi everyone I'm Matt Dent if you don't know me um, married to Catherine and three very energetic small boys uh, that's the quiet version on the wall there. Um, I've been at All Nations for I think it must be 15 years now um, we came to Bedford through work. Um, I took a new job in Schoenbrook and um, have been here ever since. And as we relocated, we did a bit of a tour of the churches, as you do, um, to look to see what was what, who was where, um, what the feel of the different places was. And I remember the conversation, actually, after we visited Brickhill Baptist, as it was then, um, I can't remember who was preaching or who was leading worship, but we were really just really felt at home with the quality of, of the teaching um, and the vibrancy of the worship. But we had a conversation. We said, there's only one thing about this place. It wasn't particularly welcoming, we felt, on that, on that first occasion. Um, we, we went again, and it was the legendary Tim and Sam Gannon who bounded up to us after the service made us feel really welcome. Uh, we had a good chat with Richard on that occasion as well. And from that point onwards, we really felt as though Brick Hill Baptist, uh, as it was then, was gonna be our home. Well, um, I'm Richard Eaton, um, I'm married to Jess. Um, got two children, Oliver and Emily. Uh, just became a granddad. Um, most recently, last few weeks. Um, I guess, uh, not because I'm a granddad, but maybe because of my age, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm probably the veteran of the pack. Um, I know I don't look it, um, um, but um, I'm also probably the veteran of, uh, of, of time at Brick Hill and All Nations as well. I, I um, joined Brick Hill as a, as a youth, um, about 40, nearly 40 years ago now, I guess, uh, I was in the youth group. Um, I gave my life to the Lord in the back of a Luton box van uh, with Steve Tibbet on the way to um, a Greenbelt Festival. Um, and um, not long after, uh, Jess turned up um, with a whole load of other ladies as a, a drama, um, a drama group that came to make his home at Brick Hill at the time and um, met Jess, um, got engaged, got married, 
and um, yeah, I guess uh, 20 years later, got the op a massive opportunity of uh, being um, a, a, an elder and a, a staff member and um, yeah, not, not looked back since. Hello, my name is Felipe. Uh, I'm, com I'm coming from Peru. Um, actually, this is going to be my 20-year anniversary of coming to this great nation. Um, I came a uh, long time ago uh, with uh, uh, my uh, hopes and uh, and with confidence in uh, in God that uh, um, that. At one point, uh, I would find a, a good church. So uh, when I arrived here, my English was, was zero. My understanding of, of this nation was absolutely zero. However, um, I never stopped feeling the hand of God guiding me to find a good church. So that was, so my search for, for a good church was for about one year, one year of really nothing. So I came from a, a, a big, that I always said now is, is a monster. We're talking about a church that more than 12,000 members in Lima. And then, and then coming here to nothing was like, I feel like an ant really, like, you know, alone. However, one year after somebody invited me, I mean, invited my, my wife, Patricia, and then she said, uh, he said, okay, look, let's have a look at this church. And from the moment we stepped into um, Brickhill Baptist Church, once upon a time, <laughs> uh, that was a wonderful feeling of, of being welcoming, even when we didn't understand a word of it. And the music was really so different from, from a country of origin. So that was a, such an experience of, something uh, like different, um, but also welcoming and confirming them. So we've been part of, of, of the church from from then. And then we we were baptized, uh, not baptized, but no, received as, as members of the church. And then God gave us the, the opportunity to start to serve in different different areas, particularly in my in my case, uh, in the area of worship, because I'm, I'm a musician. Um, I was training the uh, National School of Music. Uh, I was classical trained, and then also in the, in the secular world. And I served and I worked for, for that area for many years. Um, and I, I'm, a, I'm also a, a, a teacher. So after all those years, uh, I just can't stop myself to uh, look back and say, Lord, you have been so faithful with me. So I'm married with Patricia. Um, I got four children, Pablo, um, David, Gabriel, and Dominic. And I also two grand, I have also two grandchildren, which I think I'm the champion now. So all the elders, you know, and I think I'm the older one too, of all of you guys. <laughs> but it's, it's really a blessing to me to be part of this great, great community and 
multinational international congregation. Well, that's great. You know, I didn't know some of that. That's amazing. That's amazing to hear that. Um, I'm Richard Green. I'm married to Ginny. And um, we have actually been in Bedford at what was then Brick Hill and now All Nations since 1999. Uh, we, we have two children, um, Simon and Alice, both of them now married. We're empty nesters. We're also grandparents. Uh, we have a, a lovely grandson called Micah, uh, who's just two years old. So it's been a, a bit of a, a journey of uh, new things over the last few years. Um, we came to Bedford from Birmingham. We'd been leading uh, a church in the inner ring of Birmingham. And through connections with people like Peter Ledger, who was the leader at Brickhill Baptist Church for many, many years, and his successor, Paul Woodward, got to uh, meet these guys in uh, a renewed Baptist minister's retreat, whatever you make that. And uh, it was during that time that I developed a friendship, particularly with Paul Woodward. And when Paul started to lead Brickhill Baptist Church, as it was, he was looking, I think, to build a team. And in that, he invited me to come and have a look. And um, in 1999, we came and we became part of the church. And I started on the team, really, I think, as the person that looked after evangelism. I came as the evangelist. Whether that was officially my title, I'm not sure, but that's what I came to do. And so for many, many years, served um, as an elder, looking after things like Alpha, being involved in preaching and teaching. And then in 2009, when Paul and Jean Woodward moved to Middlesbrough, um, it was felt right that, uh, that, that I should take, take lead of the team. So I've been leading the team since 2010 officially. And uh, it's been a real joy to see us move on a journey from um, where we were as Brickhill Baptist Church into being all nations, into a multi-site church, and obviously seeing so many different people from so many cultures um, and backgrounds come and be part of the church. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, that's great. Thank you very much all for sharing. Um, Ian, a fun fact for you is you've been at the church as long as I've been alive. Um, <laughs> Thank that, that, that's, that's a real blessing, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> I just thought you should know. Um, I guess I never really realised until last year when I was chatting with um, Rich Eaton that eldership tends to have very different roles. So teaching pastors, pastoral pastors, that kind of thing. So I was wondering if you could just sort of share a bit about what maybe what you see your role as or what your role is within the eldership team and maybe just explain a bit about that. I, I think uh, obviously up until um, the, the beginning of last year, um, my, my obvious role um, uh, as an elder was a, a real privilege of sharing, of uh, leading our south side, um, south of the river. Um, and, uh, you know, still, still have a massive heart for that. Still really um, feel that's something God has called me to do. But uh, I think the last... Uh, Obviously, the last last few months, uh, I've not been able to do that in in, a, in many different ways uh, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, and and so I've 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 probably I've become very eclectic. Um, I think I think most of us have, um, you know, really trying to kind of pick pick things up where where we need to and serve where we need to. I've got. Um, 
I've got uh, to be an expert on all things tech, um, although some probably would still dispute that, um, myself included, I guess, uh, in a way. But um, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really been picking up um, lots of pastoral stuff. I think I think in terms of pastoral elders, I think we all are um, in 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 different guises, but um, we, we all are in that, and I, I think that that's been something. For me that has been a real priority just being able to serve um uh serve our folk um in very difficult times at the moment so um yeah that that's that's, that's kind of where where what my role was and what my role probably has slightly changed for this season uh into so yeah and for me i'm i'm one of the um the non-staff elders so i have a, a job outside the church uh, and I guess in common with the rest of the guys in that situation, part of our role is, is having that very slightly outside perspective. It, I think it's vital for the team to have both, have the people who are there at the coalface 24-7 uh, and also those who have a slight step back, as it were, um, just from some of the nitty-gritty ongoing issues and have um, other things to concern themselves during at different times, which helps you have a, a different perspective on things. Uh, and in terms of a role uh, in general, I've, I've really enjoyed being one of the sort of support teachers, you might say. It's great that we have staff members such as Rich and Rich who take the lion's share of the preaching because they've got time to prepare and everything. But I, I love having my turn. Um, it's not my turn, you know what I mean, but the opportunity to do that. Uh, and over the years, I've run things like, you know, Word Plus courses, Bible training courses and things as well. So that being able to share the word with the people uh, is something that's very much on my heart. Yeah, I think I think I probably concur with that. It's um, uh, it's it's been a real privilege to have the opportunity to to preach, uh, which which I which I've really enjoyed doing over the last few years, um, and, uh, and 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 to be to be part of uh, sort of rolling out different ministries, perhaps. So I've been, I've been sort of uh, involved in Alpha the last few years, sort of leading or co-leading Alpha courses, uh, even our first online Alpha course last year. Uh, which is great fun. Um, the the face-to-face -face ministry we have uh, serving uh, the, the poor and homeless and, and vulnerable in Bedford, um, which has been um, a, a, a real privilege to get alongside people who um, we perhaps, or in the past, certainly for me, I, I might have walked past in the street and not not noticed particularly, um, and, to, and to encourage uh, people who we meet uh, in, in those in those areas, um, I think also uh, eldership for me is is um, is also recognizing and coming alongside people in the church and, and bringing them on uh, and um, uh, encouraging them in their gifting, um, you know, asking them to come and, and co-lead something or, or 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 give a talk or, or lead a session or whatever it is, um, and that's and that's part of um, that's part of the privilege of being an elder is 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 seeing people grow uh, in, in their walk with God and in, in, their, in their gifting with God. And that's great. It's great to hear just a few snippets of it, um, of where God's placed you and what he's put on, on all of your hearts. So it's, it's really fantastic to hear. Um, so I think we kind of have to address the elephant in the room that is, that is COVID, you know. Um, so a question I think just for a couple of you to answer is, you know, I think a lot of people of Christian faith have had a really difficult time this year in faith, in life in general. How, how has COVID affected your walk with God? How has it affected your faith? Um, if I start with Matt, because he's been a bit quiet for a bit. 
You're that's because I was on mute, Dan. <laughs> that's uh, that's a really good question, Dan. COVID for everyone has been really tough, hasn't it? In different ways, um, and we've all had different things that we've had to wrestle with over this period. Um, and for everyone, I think it's been different, even though we've been uh, part of the same pandemic. Everybody's experience has been different. My experience has been. Um, in terms of home life, being here, my wife's a, a key worker, so I've been at home with the three boys trying to work and homeschool, um, which has been entertaining. Um, mm -hmm. That's one word for it. And I think I shared during one of my sermons how difficult I felt lockdown one. Um, I just found it emotionally exhausting. Um, I found it spiritually exhausting as well. Um, I think one of the things that I suffered from during that time was because I was sitting in this very room doing my best to do a good job, doing my best to be a good dad, good husband and a good teacher to three different year groups. By the evening, I was just useless. I probably couldn't even remember most of the time what day it was um, and found it very difficult to drag myself out of bed and consequently um, found it difficult to set aside time to pray, uh, find it, found it difficult to set aside time to actually focus on what is important. Um, and I think because of that, I, I did, yeah, lend that on a bit of a uh, Thankfully, God is good, God is gracious, and he picked me up and helped me to move forward. And when I look back at 2020 and the things that, we as a team have managed to um, achieve together. Um, I just think, wow, that's amazing what God has been able to do through um, a group of flawed people like the ones that you see on the screen um, and a church of flawed people that we are, that through his infinite goodness, he's been able to pick us up and move us forward. So I think over that whole experience, even though it's been rocky, Dan, don't get me wrong. Um, I think my faith has probably um, improved over that period simply because it, at times like that, you've got no choice but to lean in, have you? Really, really yeah. I'd, I'd echo quite a lot of what Matt said there. I think, again, like for me, again, kind of you know, working from home and homeschooling, um, yeah, I recognize a lot of what Matt said there, just the, the kind of, I guess, the, the constant tiredness. Uh, of uh, juggling work and school uh, and you know trying to be a good husband and uh, a good father uh, in that um, I, I think one of the things that's really uh, kind of struck by me is the verse in Philippians that talk about um, you know, rejoicing the Lord always again I say rejoice because uh, you know, the Lord you know, the Lord is at hand uh, and I think that's something that's really I, I, I've really had to hold on to at times that you know, despite all the, the busyness and the craziness of life, uh, that the Lord is at hand. Um, but yeah, he's not, he's not absent in it. I think one of the things that's really encouraged me a lot is the amount of um, prophetic that's kind of come through. I would see something on a Sunday morning. There's been so much of that that uh, has really encouraged me um, to remind me that, yeah, God, <laughs> the, the Lord is at hand, uh, no matter how crazy uh, life has, has got. And it, it has got crazy and it has been genuinely hard uh, that the Lord is at hand in that um, I'm sure that's the same for loads of people in the church um, 
but yeah, <laughs> the Lord has been a hand throughout all of it, which has really encouraged me. No, that's um, great. Don't believe me. Yeah. Um, 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 to me, the, the, the uh, first of all, I just clean forgot to tell you what my role is. I'm, I'm the uh, assistant pastor in charge of the Hispanic ministry. Um, uh, what I mentioned this because um, I was in the middle of just coping with the, the new way of, of doing church trying to organize the services uh, online, so on and so forth, because we, we have a, like 12, 12 families uh, in our church that need to be pastored. So in the middle of the August, August 2020, uh, I had a heart attack, which added some bits more to the, the things, you know, difficult uh, stuff as a family we had in the last few months um, and God as always just show up showing his mercy and his uh, his faithfulness and his healing um, I'm, I'm I'm on the way to to recovering um, I'm come back to to work um, and but in the meantime I just want to say thank God because he he, he managed. The Holy Spirit leads his church in, in an amazing way to, to keep, keep us as a community, not just Hispanic, but uh, as a community all together in the midst of all. So after that, um, um, I was given the, the, yeah, go ahead to come back to work on December last year, and we just try to organize. And the people was starving for the word. People was starving for just to, to, to come back to the communion of the church, even when it's online. I think, um, I'm gonna ask you something. Keep praying for our um, brothers and sisters from, from, that are part of our church, that are from different countries and nations. Uh, particularly the ones that uh, belong for the European Union, uh, Italians, French, uh, and from South America too. I'm coming from Peru, I mentioned it. And to me it was and it's still so difficult because Peru is hardly hit with, the, with COVID-19. And I heard almost, I can lie, almost every day news about family and friends that are still you know, suffering from or being part of how people pass away suddenly in three days they gone. Um, and I got my older uh, son and my two grandchildren living there. So uh, it's, it's difficult. Um, however, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that God is going to manage. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and our people is going to keep safe. Pray for them. Pray for for our, our foreigners. Pray for for our brothers and sisters that um, now are actually part of this great nation. So that's that's why uh, COVID has impacted and still impacted Peru. To to give you an idea, Peru now uh, have non vaccinations available. So um, we had we had changed three presidents in the last 
two years, uh, which tells you the, the dramatic situation in, in, in my nation. Uh, and now we're on April the 11th, we're gonna have another election to just elect another president, which we really don't know how it's gonna, how long it's gonna take to, to, to say goodbye or keep him. <laughs> Uh, and there is no vaccination, there is nothing there. So it's, it's, it's difficult. Please pray for them. Please pray for the people in, in South America, Colombia, Ecuador, uh, Bolivia. We have uh, all these people around our congregation, our community. Pray for them. And uh, yeah, but our faith is still intact. It's, and to say more, and I think, I feel stronger in the Lord. I feel that uh, our, uh, our Latinos are stronger in the Lord. And uh, we thank you because the church manages to just to, to, to feed them from one way or another. That's the Holy Spirit, the strength and, and movement. Uh, so, yeah. So you, you spoke a bit there about, you know, the inconsistency in leadership in Peru. You guys are all leaders of the church. I know it's a very different thing from leading a country, but how, what has it been like to, to lead in this time when you're, you know, you're leading a community, but the community can't meet? So what, what has that been like um, to lead in this, in this COVID time? Maybe we should let Richard take that one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's been a great challenge. Um, I think it would be true to say it's probably been one of the toughest periods of church leadership that I think probably all of us have known. But I certainly can say as a, as a leader of a church, um, it's been difficult on a number of levels. The, the fact that you can't physically connect together and have people together in the same room, which you take for granted as um, almost... Uh, the normal way of life. I mean, I think Richard Eaton and myself probably get the privilege most of this to sort of stand at the door and, and greet people when they come and when they go. And, you know, in those kind of few minutes, you get to do so much of life with those people. I know it sounds strange, but you, you connect with people. And it, it's, it's kind of one of the ways that you get to kind of pastor and understand something of their lives uh, you probably know me, many of you, that I'm a big hugger. I really love hugging people. And and so to, to you know, not have those moments to connect with people, it, those things that you took for granted, um, they just go. But then trying to keep on top of where people's life circumstances are, trying to help them uh, connect in with what's happening in the church to understand what the Lord's trying to do for with, with us as a church it's, it's been a really tough period of time and I think we've we've known the grace of God to do that in different ways that we've been able to do that but it's been it's been really hard and then on top of that throwing things like George Floyd's death and um, you know the whole thing around the Black Lives Matter uh, the sort of issues that that throws up adding there a few major pastoral crises that kind of explode in the midst of uh, our time and it, it's been a really really kind of challenging set of circumstances but here's the good news I think all of us have testified to the fact that in spite of that we felt the Lord hold us 
Mm. He's yeah. always been in the midst of it. He's always been ahead of us. We've always found in those moments the grace to be able to, I don't know, respond with his provision into those different places. And by the grace of God, um, you know, things like finances still still keep keep going. You know, we, 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 we trust every month that the Lord will provide. And so far, we know the goodness of God in that. Um, people, we found that at just the right moment, people have stepped in or people have emerged. Um, and, you know, we've just known the goodness of God, even in terms of preaching series, in terms of the things that we've been able to do. We've just known God's provision. But you asked how it's been. It's been tough. But... God is good. And I think we, yeah. would, we would testify to that. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's I think, great. I think I, just, 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 to, just to add to that, I, I think one comment is, I think as a, as a team, I think we've grown closer together as well because yeah. Yeah. We've, we've been meeting more regularly. We've had closer contact, yeah. um, you know, pretty much from, you know, the start of the pandemic uh, to, to talk about how it's going, to work issues through and to support each other and to work out how to support the church. So I think as, a, as, a, as an eldership team, I think we've, we're stronger. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. Adversity actually does build build something in you, uh, and yeah, it's. Richard said at times it's been tough. There's been some tough calls to make, some tough decisions. It's been, you know, I'm sure for for some of the people listening to this, they would be wishing and hoping that we'd gathered more frequently. Others we know have said, "Why are you gathering when things are dangerous?" You know, there's there's sometimes never a obviously right decision to make, but. But as Richard has said, we, we've just known the hand of the Lord on us throughout, and it's it's been so great to to see that and to see that despite circumstances, that mm. yes, we can still make a, a positive change in our community uh, and um, reach so many different people. Yeah. So, thank you all for being so so open, um, so vulnerable in this. Um, we have gone well over the allotted time. <laughs> Um, so we will have to leave it there but if I could ask uh, one, just a couple of you to close us in prayer and just give a plea to anyone watching this who's part of All Nations to, to pray for these guys uh, they've, they've summed it up there what it's been like to be a leader in this time and yeah it's a logistical nightmare quite frankly so um, it would just be great to just encourage us we're moving to a season now where the teaching series is on prayer to keep praying for our leaders you know terry and lewis jones in a previous podcast talked about the importance of that get behind these guys just keep praying for them um and yeah because they're the ones who uh, have to keep accountable to god himself so yeah uh, if a couple of you could close us in prayer that'd be fantastic and thank you very much for all your time absolute pleasure dan shall i kick yeah, off dan. yeah dude that's matt thank you Father God, we just thank you for your church. Yeah. We thank you that in your amazing way, you put us in a family together, um, in a group of people who have become family, united because of who you are and because of what you've done, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would bless All Nations Church, pray that you would bless all the churches in Bedford that proclaim your name and across the world as well. Lord, we want to see your name lifted high. We want to see families and communities and countries impacted for you. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us as we seek to play our part with you to do that. 
uh, and I lift my brothers up to you now and their families and ask that you would bless them and ask that you would bless everybody who is a part of All Nations Church. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for the privilege of serving you and thank you that you are good all the time. Thank you that you've never let us go. Thank you that you have great plans and purposes. And even as we step into this season um, of, of great transition, you have got us and you have placed us strategically with all your other uh, churches and congregations across this land to be part of your great future for our nation and the nations of the world. And, and Lord, we just pray right now, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us as a church. We want to be full of you. We want to be full of your life. We want to be full of hope. Thank you that even in the midst of this lockdown, you've not been shut down and that you're still at work and that you still enable us to be good news to all around us. And we pray for greater opportunities, even yes. in these times that we've expressed our challenging. We thank you that you have given us what we need for life and godliness and to share that with all around. I thank you for my brothers. Thank you. It's been great to be part of this journey together. I pray blessing upon them. And we pray as Matt has done, blessing on the church. We pray, do us good. Release the spirit upon us in great measure as we build forward for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.